Welcome back to No Degree Necessary. I'm Griffin Foster. What to do, baby? I'm Max Village. And this is a special podcast for a couple of reasons. First is our 70th episode. I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, second, it's our first episode back at High Point. Uh, we're going to be in here finishing this up for our last semester here at High Point University. And third, the most important, it is Max's birthday today, January 15th. We're recording this uh, 22nd, Big 2-2. Anything you want to say to the people? You know, um, I wish I could say I feel different, but I don't. It really feels the same as any other Wednesday. <laughs> but I will like to extend like a gift that I want, and it's to the entire 49ers mm. organization. All I want for my birthday mm. is a win this weekend, and if they were able to do that, I would be more than happy to, I don't even know, like, I think I got to give them something back if they win, right? They're giving me all this joy. Like, what do you think I could give them? I mean, there's not, it, it's a tough option. I don't know what they would want. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Help, uh, the listeners can help us come up with something you can give back to them. Like, maybe I just, um, like, go streaking at the, at the parade or something like that. Or, I don't know. Something, oh, that, I don't know um, how that would help them, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I feel like it would be, it wouldn't help them at, at all. I feel like that might be a little like a bit, liability uh, of a distraction and, you know, pollute. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe let's uh, think about this at another time. We'll come <laughs> up with something. Don't worry, though. We'll come up with something. Um, but, yeah, Max said we have more football uh, that went down last weekend, and obviously we're upcoming with the AFC and NFC championship games. But let's start by recapping some. The Ravens, the number one seed. A lot of people predicted them to come out of that AFC and advance to the Super Bowl. And they ended up losing in their first game, 28-3 in Baltimore. The Titans continue to upset top teams in the AFC. So what did you think went wrong for Baltimore in this game? Well, one of the main things that I talked about in our playoff preview was what does Baltimore look like when they get down 10 or more points? Because this isn't a team that's faced any adversity basically all season long since that Cleveland Brown loss. They've only trailed once in the fourth quarter of any of the games since then, which is absolutely crazy to think about, and it shows just how impressive their season was. But I didn't know how they would handle that situation because regardless of not facing that, they didn't have the personnel to really go out there and throw the ball 59 times, which is what they ended up doing, because their number one receiver, Marquise Brown, he's good, and he's a rookie, and he was really impressive in this game. But outside of that, you saw a lot of guys that really should not be playing in the divisional round of the playoffs. Like, Willie Sneed's a a nice player, but he's probably better suited as a number three and probably even a number four receiver on your team. Same thing goes for Seth Roberts. Miles Boykin, I like him as a prospect out of Notre Dame, but he wasn't ready for this game. And you saw a lot of players that just could not get open and could not consistently catch the ball. And they had a lot of drops, like I just said. And another thing was, really, they put so much on Lamar Jackson in this game. And I didn't think that this was his best game. And there's a lot of people that are criticizing him, saying he can't win the playoff game. But I didn't think that this loss was necessarily on him. Um, 
Obviously, a couple of those interceptions, he had the high throw on the first drive, which really changed the momentum of the game. But it felt like once he got down a little bit, he was kind of pressing and trying to do more than um, he was really capable of because even on that strip sack, he knew he saw the pressure run by him. He knew the guy was about to hit him, but he did not want to give up on that play because they were down two possessions and he really wanted to win it. So you saw a team that really wasn't built to come from behind, and that's exactly what happened. And then also you saw the rust factor, which is kind of the thing where some teams come out a little bit rusty. They're not able to catch the ball. They're not having that same mojo they had going into the playoffs. And because they hadn't played in that Week 17 game, a lot of their starters, it felt like the rust factor was even more of a factor for this team compared to the other teams with buys, even though Kansas City got down too. But the 49ers didn't really feel like they had any of that rust factor, and same thing with Green Bay. So I just think that this team, from really their whole philosophy, was not built to come from behind. They were built to run the ball. And once they got down two possessions and 28-6 to six eventually, they really abandoned the run. And for Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram to only have nine carries combined in this game, if you told me that before the game, I would have said they both must have gotten hurt because there's no way that their running backs would combine for only nine carries. Like, that is crazy to me. So another great win for the Titans, like you said. They keep upsetting people, and Tannehill has not had to do much. Another game under 100 yards passing, and Derrick Henry continues to prove that if you're going to give him 30 carries, he's going to be able to break one and carry his team to victory because now they're one win away from the Super Bowl, which is crazy to hear. Yeah, it is really nuts to see what this Titans team have uh, have done so far in the playoffs. No one really expected them to beat the Patriots, let alone the Ravens. So props to Vrabel, props to everyone on that team. Uh, Derrick Henry obviously has been the story of this Titans offense. He's been doing work back there, rushing for over 180 yards in this game. He he was fantastic. He was, he was so good, and uh, that's kind of been the reason they've had a lot of success on the offensive uh, side of the field. And obviously there was some talk, Earl Thomas, talking about how they had didn't want to tackle him. And obviously he saw how that turns out when he got stiff-armed into a 360. So that um, obviously didn't go his way. But overall, I thought the Ravens, like you said, there was a, a lot of factors. I, I'm with you with Lamar. Uh, I don't think it's completely on him, but he definitely showed some Rookie moments, well, sorry, not rookie, but um, young quarterback moments, especially thinking to that uh, strip sack. Like, he, he saw the guy there, and he decided to still hold that ball out there looking for something, and obviously we saw what happened there. Uh, some of the interceptions, yeah, that ball was high. Uh, obviously, sometimes that's not intercepted, but it is what it is. He had a couple other ones. So he didn't play his best game, and a lot of people are talking about he can't perform in the playoffs. It is what it is. I don't, I don't think you can really say that yet. I mean, the kid uh, is coming off his second year off a MVP performance in his in his regular season. So uh, I think it's too early to, to say that. But there were a lot of things that, that went on in this game. It's not just purely on him. Uh, the Titans, though, I don't, I don't know uh, if they, they're going to be able to keep this up with Tannehill not do, being able to throw over 100 yards. Um it's it's a strange game plan that they have going on, uh, obviously with Henry just dominating, but 
they've been able to get the win. So this was a great win to go into Baltimore and do that. Uh, really shocked the Ravens coming off that bye. No one really expected that. And to win by uh, a good amount like this is, is difficult. And I think a, a big part of it was, like you mentioned on our last podcast, what does this Ravens team look like when they're down? Obviously, the Titans were able to start early, start uh, up 14 nothing, which was which was huge um, because they had to kind of abandon, not abandon, but not be able to rely as heavily as they usually do on the run game with Ingram, with Gus, with all the guys that they have there. So that was huge for the Titans' success, and they were really able to uh, kind of slow down those tight ends as well and put it on that wide receiving core, like you mentioned. It's not, not the best. They uh, had the least amount of receptions in the NFL uh, combined, so obviously they haven't been super productive for Lamar in that offense. Uh, they really relied on their tight ends and that run game. So I thought the game plan by Vrabel was good. They were able to execute it well, which is obviously the most important thing, and uh, were able to get this win in Baltimore to advance to the AFC Championship. Yeah, and one more thing about this game is sometimes the thing that makes you so great is the same thing that can get you beat. And I felt like mm-hmm. early in the game when it was 7-0, to the Titans and the Ravens went for it on that 4th and 1 in their own field position, like that's the same thing that they've done all season long. They hadn't been stopped on a 4th and 1 all year. And yeah. it just happened in that moment. They got stopped, and I had no problem with them going for it, but not getting it in that situation and giving the Titans that field position and on the very next play they score a 40-yard touchdown. Like those are the type of things that gets you beat in the playoffs and they had two different fourth and ones where they got stopped in this game. So I don't think that they're going to have to change their entire philosophy of this team, but I do think that getting down by multiple possessions was the weakness of this team and they need to figure out what to do in that situation, which is something I think they will be able to do and this team will probably be right back. I don't know if they'll be the number one seed next year, but I think they're going to be back in the playoff hunt once again. And with Lamar Jackson, they're probably going to have a chance to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with you. And the thing is, they have a lot of cap room going into this offseason and a lot of room for improvement. We'll see how Lamar uh, develops his game and how that whole uh, staff develops this entire team, offense and defense alike. Uh, it should be interesting, and they're definitely poised for success, at least for the next year and, and years to come. So let's move on to the other AFC game, the Chiefs. And they were playing against the Texans, and it, for a moment there, it looked like we were going to have an all-AFC South AFC championship game, but <laughs> the Texans relinquished their 24-0 lead, and the Chiefs scored 51-7, to they had a 51-7 to run over the rest of the game before the Texans ended up scoring another touchdown. But that was a crazy game. So how impressive do you think this comeback was? I thought it was super impressive uh, to not only come back and end up winning by 20, but they came back before halftime. They were winning before halftime after trailing 24 to nothing. Like, that's crazy. Um, obviously, it was a, a colossal collapse by the Texans. I thought there were definitely some mistakes here and there. Coaching-wise, uh, Bill O'Brien, I've been a critic of him. I thought he had some questionable calls, uh, mainly not going for it on that fourth and inches. Decided to kick the field goal to go up 24 to nothing, and then ended up doing a fake punt on his own side of the field and 
resulted in a quick chief score, which is the, th- the one thing you couldn't do. You couldn't let them score fast and let them right back into the game. And uh, that's exactly what that did. So um, I'm, I'm critical of him, as I've always been. But those were kind of the two things that really swung momentum uh, in the Chiefs' favor, I thought, in Arrowhead. And it's something you just can't do. And I don't know why he would do that on his own side of the field but not go for the fourth and inches on, on the opposing side. So some critical things there. But looking at the Chiefs, I thought this was fantastic. Patrick Mahomes played unbelievable, had five touchdowns, and really just dominated offensively. Uh, after kind of that turning point happened once they were finally able to score. They scored fast, and they scored uh, a lot. Ending up with 51 points is incredible, especially looking at how they started. So it's something to keep an eye on going into the AFC Championship. This offensive performance, we knew how good they were offensively, but to score like this, um, especially battling adversity, is, is huge and definitely something that is going to play a factor into this next game. So overall, I thought this was super impressive by the Chiefs, and they really look like a good team and a tough team to beat, and I'd be surprised if they don't come out of the AFC. Yeah, I'd be really surprised as well. And I didn't really have a problem with them kicking a field goal in that spot. Bill O'Brien, he has been pretty questionable in a lot of these decisions over his career, but I didn't think that was one of them because at that point in the game, the Chiefs haven't really moved the ball at all. Um you're going up basically four possessions because 24 points that early in the game is probably four possessions because like what we saw, the Chiefs didn't end up going for two after their first touchdown. And then the fake punt was the one that I really had a problem with because I don't think that at that point in the game you needed to do that, maybe save it for later on in the game because at that point still, the Chiefs had not driven the entire field because if you remember after that 24-0 field goal, they had the long kick return into Texans territory, so they had a short field, and that was what ultimately led to that first touchdown. But I think you need to put the faith in your defense, and by calling that fake punt and giving them another short field, it kind of shows your team that you're not very confident in their ability to win this game straight up. And like you said, for them to come all the way back and lead at halftime, when they were 70-1, to uh, that was the odds of them winning by halftime at the point when they were down 24-0. So that's crazy. 70-1 to odds for them to come back and lead at halftime. And then they're also the first team ever to trail by 20 points in a playoff game and then win that same game by 20 points. So I think this, this was one of the most impressive comebacks you'll ever see from a team. Um, I don't think it's up there with some of like the Patriots come back in the Super Bowl just given the circumstances, but... The fact that they were able to overcome this deficit so quickly is what puts this game up there with one of the most impressive comebacks in playoff history. And Mahomes, he's back to basically being the clear-cut number one quarterback in the league. There was a lot of talk about what maybe Russell Wilson was in there. Obviously, Lamar Jackson having the season that he did. But with Lamar going out and Russell Wilson losing and Mahomes having this big of a game, and probably going to the Super Bowl, I think he's really solidified himself as the best quarterback in football. Yeah, he's played unbelievable. And especially for this game, it was it started off as, as worse you could get for him uh, with drops. You know, their guys couldn't catch anything. That's kind of where you think about rust. But um, they had the blocked punt that didn't go their way. They had a, a, a dropped punt uh, by Tyree Kale. So everything was going wrong for the Chiefs to start this game. 
and uh, obviously they were able to come back and, and win it. So very impressive. But let's move on. Let's talk about the 49ers. They were able to beat the Vikings 27-10 to in a, a clear victory. So obviously being the 49ers fan that you are, what was your reaction to their dominant win? Uh, I was really happy about it. And the field of jeans showed up big time. It was really loud. Um, Chris Sims, he was at the game for the NBC, and he said uh, that it was louder than Arrowhead, which he was at for a playoff game the year before. And I was pretty happy when he said that because it felt really loud, and just hearing someone else that's been to other venues giving me, I guess, like the reassurance that it was that loud um, was pretty cool. So I was really happy about the way that the fans showed up. And then as far as the football team, this is basically what they did in their 8-0 start with getting those guys back on defense. Quan Alexander, the emotional leader of our defense. Joukowsky Tart really solidifying our secondary. And then D Ford was the biggest addition because him off the edge creates that fearsome foursome with Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, and Ford. You can't block all those guys. Like, it's literally impossible. On nine of the 14 snaps that D Ford was in in a passing situation, they got pressure on Kirk Cousins. So with him in the game, it just completely changes our team. And then on offense, we really sensed in that third quarter that we didn't have to pass to win the game. We really just had to not turn it over. So we just gave it to Tevin Coleman, allowed him to do his thing, and it just allowed us to chew the clock. We completely dominated the time of possession, and it was really one of the most dominant games you're going to see. I know the score was only a 17-point difference, but I really felt like the Niners had control of this game throughout, and other than a 40-yard touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs, the Vikings had basically no offense this entire game. And there's a lot of talk during the week about how the 49ers have struggled against the run. But one of the things that I highlighted was they were more prone to giving up big runs to teams that had rushing quarterbacks. Like we saw against the Ravens, they gave up a lot of rushing yards. Against the Cardinals both times, they did that. And Kenyon Drake had a big game with Kyler Murray back there. And in this game, with Kirk Cousins' inability to rush the ball, they were really able to key in and crash down on those outside runs, and Dalvin Cook finished with only 18 yards rushing. So it was a great performance all the way around. Um, I feel pretty good about this game going into the NFC Championship, but anything can happen on any given Sunday, so I'm pretty optimistic, but I'm expecting and bracing for the worst, just in case it doesn't go the way I think it will. (laughs) Yeah, so this is why I had so much confidence uh, in your 49ers to uh, come out and win this game, like you mentioned. The score doesn't really do it justice, but to beat the Vikings 27-10, to coming off a win against uh, arguably people who are saying the best team in the NFC to potentially rival you um, is huge. And the two biggest things were that defensive line obviously just dominated, uh, was getting pressure left, right, and center, was stopping everything. Dalvin Cook couldn't get going. Uh, Kirk Cousin was constantly uncomfortable back there in the pocket, and I think that has such a big impact on the rest of your defense. And, um, you know, that was arguably the reason for that Sherman interception. You know, he had pressure on his face through it. Uh, Sherman played good man coverage on that. But uh, overall, everything went great. The run game was unstoppable. They literally couldn't stop your run when you were in 21 personnel. It was impossible. Uh, Tevin Coleman, everyone was doing their part. They literally ran it 
on every play for a touchdown drive. Am I wrong? Or was it like, it was like 11 plays straight or something like that? Yeah, they had eight straight runs on the, the interception. After the interception by Sherman, they ran it eight straight times for, I think it was 44 yards and a touchdown. In, insane. Especially when you do something like that, that's just asserting dominance. Just being like, you know what's coming, but you can't stop it. And that's what Kyle Shanahan and that 49ers offense did. Uh, it was, it's, it's hard to do that, especially, but um, they just absolutely dominated in that aspect of the game. So, for me, I think the two biggest things were definitely that defensive line pressure, which has been unbelievable, the best in the league so far, and uh, that run game, which has been good all year and uh, showed out in this game. So we'll see what happens uh, against the Packers. We'll talk about that game soon after we talk about the Packers-Seahawks game. But uh, I still have a lot of confidence in the 49ers to continue to do what they did all year. All right, well, I hope you're right, and I hope we do continue that dominance onto the next game. But... Let's talk about the team the 49ers will be playing this week, the Packers. They outlasted the Seahawks after getting off to that big start, and the Seahawks, obviously, like they always do, came all the way back and nearly won the game. So what did you make of this game, and are you confident in them going into this game against the 49ers? Yes, yeah, so the Packers look good to start. Uh, Devontae Adams started super hot, had some great routes, and obviously some great play calls uh, that were drawn up to find success to find the end zone twice. But uh, obviously they weren't able to do enough to put the Seahawks away as they were able to uh, come back. Russell Wilson did what he always does and, and, and play great football. Um, am I confident? No. No, I'm not confident. I think the 49ers are a much better team than the Seahawks. Um, I don't – I Than the Seahawks? Yeah. They're not playing the no, Seahawks. No, but that's what I mean. Like the Packers. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Packers almost lost this game, and obviously, it, I don't think they would have a chance for it to be this close against the 49ers. We were able to see this matchup early in the year where the 49ers absolutely dominated. And I saw a stat where teams that lose by like 20 in the regular season and they meet in the playoffs are combined like. It's not good. They have like two, it's like two wins out of like 20, something like that. Um, so not good, uh, not great odds for the Packers, and it kind of, it doesn't look good for them, especially seeing how the 49ers defensive line played against the Vikings. I think we're going to see a repeat performance of that against this Packers line. So Rodgers is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and obviously that's where you can find some issues with Sherman and the other defensive backs on this team because uh, they're going to be hunting for interceptions. So I think this uh, worked out perfectly for the 49ers to host this game against the Packers. I think this is a great matchup for them, and I think they're going to find success, um, Not maybe not as much as uh, the game they played in the regular season. I don't know if they'll win by 30, but I think they're going to win this game pretty comfortably uh, in San Francisco. Yeah, I hope you're right once again, because that would be amazing. But... This game in itself with the Packers and Seahawks was basically a summary of both of their seasons because the Packers got off to that really hot start, which they've done periodically throughout the season. And then the Seahawks, like always, they get down. And this game felt really similar to their game against the 49ers in Week 17 where it felt like the Packers were in control 
and then all of a sudden the Seahawks were only down one possession and had the ball, and they were driving, and the Packers, like the 49ers, in a little bit less dramatic fashion, were able to get that stop and force a punt, and that was ultimately what decided the game because Russell Wilson never got the ball back. And I think if he would have got the ball back, he probably would have scored. But thank you, Green Bay, for saving my nerves just a little bit because obviously losing to Green Bay would suck. But if we lost to Seattle again in the NFC Championship game, I don't know if I'd be able to survive it. Like, I don't <laughs> think there would be another week for me. So thank you, Green Bay. You saved my back probably. I was going to have another week of terrible back pain just from the stress. But uh, we'll see what happens with this game. I guess since you already talked yeah, about the matchup, I'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, I don't think that this game's going to be nearly – as lopsided as it was before, because if you look at just from the start of that other game, the Packers fumbled on the first possession and gave us the ball at the two-yard line, and immediately, within two minutes of the game, we were up 7-0, and getting down, that like, we got up 13-0 pretty quickly, and when you get down two possessions against our defense, it's pretty tough to come back. So I don't anticipate another game that gets over with that quickly, I think it's all going to come down to whether or not Green Bay's offensive line can block our front four because we didn't even have D Ford in that last matchup against the Packers. And then also on the other side of the ball, it's going to come down to whether or not we're able to run the ball because if we're able to run the ball, I don't think they can stop our offense. But if they get us in third and long and are able to have those Smith twins, even though they're not twins, but that's what they call themselves, uh, rush the passer, our offensive line hasn't been great in pass protection. It's been good, and I think that they've gotten better over the, uh, the as the year progressed. But I think that's a question mark, whether or not we can keep Jimmy upright. And I think that's their path to victory. They have to keep the pass rush off of Rodgers, and they need to get us in third and long. And if they're able to do that, I think it'll be a much closer game. But like you, I also think the 49ers are the better team. So if they avoid turnovers and don't beat themselves, I think that we might be going to the Super Bowl once again, which is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, that is crazy. But obviously, 49ers have played great this season, and uh, I think certainly the best team left in the NFC. Uh, but let's talk about the AFC Championship, Titans at Chiefs. Should be interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I am rooting very hard for the Tennessee Titans, because in the event the 49ers win, I don't want to play against Patrick Mahomes in that prolific offense. Because Tyreek Hill just said it today. He doesn't feel like anyone can stop them. And at this moment in time, I'm kind of inclined to agree with him. I don't know if anyone can stop him. Um, They're really, really good through the air, and they have so many weapons. And with Patrick Mahomes, as talented as he is, it's pretty hard to stop them for an entire game. You can stop them for a quarter if they're off their game, kind of what we saw in that Texans game. But I don't think the Titans, as well as their defense is played, unless they turn the ball over similar to the way the Ravens did, I don't think they have the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are probably going to score at least 31 points in this game, if not a little bit more. And if they're able to do that, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to keep up and they're not going to be able to ride Derrick Henry the way they have the last two weeks. So I think it could be interesting for the first half if the Titans are able to get that rushing game going. But I think in the end, the Chiefs pull away and probably win the game 31-17. to 
17, something along those lines. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the biggest thing here is whoever starts faster, I think, is going to win this game. Uh, obviously, if the Titans start slow and they can't rely on Derrick Henry, like you mentioned, putting it all on Ryan Tannehill and uh, the guys he has there, I don't trust at all. And obviously, where they found success is starting early and then just pounding it with Derrick Henry and letting uh, Tannehill just kind of fill in the, the needs here and there. So uh, if the Chiefs are able to start quickly, I think it's it's a wrap for the Titans then and there. But like you mentioned, it could be interesting if we see the Titans end up going up 14 nothing, who knows, whatever it may be, on the Chiefs, similar to like what the Texans did. Uh, not 24 nothing, but... Uh, it should be a different game plan, I believe. So it's going to be uh, super interesting to see, but I have a lot of confidence in the Chiefs and this offense. <clears throat> and Big Red, too. Uh, I'm hoping he can uh, advance to the Super Bowl and get his first Super Bowl ring. Uh, as an ex-Eagle, you know, I, I'm rooting for him. So I hope he, he advances. Unfortunately, if it is against you guys, that's going to be a, a tough matchup and uh, a very interesting game, to say the least. But I think the Chiefs are able to get this dub in Arrowhead. I don't think it's it's going to be a conflict. I said that the past two weeks when, when teams have played the Titans, and <laughs> I've been wrong both times. So we'll see. But I have a lot of confidence in this Chiefs offense to just outscore the Titans, and I don't have enough confidence in them trying to come back and uh, get back in it to the air. So I think the Chiefs win comfortably. Yeah, the biggest thing is just not turning the ball over because even against the Patriots, they turned the ball over. They had that pick six, and that sealed the game. But other than that, like I don't see a way that the Titans are going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs' offense unless their defense just has the game of their lives. But even that, I don't think that anyone in the entire league is capable of just completely shutting down that offense right now. So let's, let's move on to the bet segment. Um, weekly disclaimer, it's all fake money, it's all in good fun, but it also is a good competition right now. Griffin took the lead last week, up 10-9 to in the series with two weeks to go, and he had a great week, 3-0. Um, he won the 49ers Chiefs Moneyline Parlay, he won the Packers minus four, and he won the under in the Titans-Ravens game. I also had a pretty good week, I was 2-1, and one, up $23. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I said it. Griffin was up eighty dollars on the week. Uh, I also won the 49ers Chiefs money line parlay. I won the Titans money line on my long shot bet of the week, and then I ended up losing the week because I had the Seahawks plus four. Griffin had the Packers minus four. And funny enough, it came down to that two point conversion, and the Packers stopped them. And I was pretty happy about it, so I'm okay with losing the week. But hopefully, I get this week in the win column, and then we'll have. It come down to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so this is obviously a huge week. If I win it, it's over. That's all she wrote. She a lot of pressure to to keep it up. So I'll just run right into my bets, and I decided to switch it up. I did two prop bets, which usually I don't do, but because there's it's not a lot of lines for failure. out there, it is to stray away. What has uh, gotten me success might be might be the wrong move, but. Uh, let's start it off. First bet, I'm going under 107.5 yards for Derrick Henry. Um, I don't think he can do it again. 
I think the Chiefs know this is how they win the game is by stopping him. And I think that's going to be the game plan. And like we mentioned, I think the Chiefs are able to go up early. And then once they are, I think it's all she wrote for Derrick Henry. And he's not going to be getting as much touches, obviously, and not breaking that 100-yard barrier. So I put 33 for 29 on that. My next one, I'm, uh, I'm going with Tannehill under 230 yards. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, my, my previous bet kind of uh, shows that this is going to be put more on, on Tannehill, that he will throw the ball more once the Chiefs get up. But um, he hasn't been able to do it, and I know he hasn't had to do it in the playoffs per se, but uh, last game he only had 80 yards passing, and that's a long way away from 230 so I don't have too much confidence in that. So I think he's going to obviously stay under that 230 mark. So I put 33 for 30 on that. And the last bet, all my bets are the Chiefs. I didn't bet any uh, 49ers Packers game. But um, my last bet is going to be just the line. Chiefs minus 7.5. Uh, I think they get that done in Arrowhead. I'm putting 34 for 31 on that. No total this week? No total. I uh, I had to pull from a different site, so it's a hundred bucks. I'll tell you that much. Mhm, mhm. Uh, so I think you're probably gonna lose one of those two player props. I don't think you're gonna win mm-hmm. both. So I'm feeling pretty good about my chances this week. Um, my first bet is the same bet I made last week: Forty ers Chiefs money line, and I feel really good about the Chiefs winning, and I'm. Scared that the 49ers are going to win, but I'm going to trust my team. And I put 90 on that money line parlay for 61. Mm. So I put a lot, a lot of faith in those two teams to come through. And if they win, I think I am going to win the week. But we'll see what happens. Next bet, I took the Chiefs minus 14 on an alternate line, 5 for 10. And then I did the same thing with the 49ers alternate line, minus 14. 5 for 10. So if both of them are blowouts and, the, and both of them win by more than 14, I'll have a mm. perfect week. Wow. So if we both have perfect weeks, I still win. Is that true? Because my total is 81. I can count that up really easy. 90 for 61, 5 for 10, 5 for 10. So that's 81. Yeah, that's 80. I got uh, 80. Oh, I got nine, or 90 on the dot. Okay, yeah, so if, if we both have yeah. perfect weeks, but like I oh. said, I, I feel good about one of those player props not coming through for you. Yeah, I'm regretting my Tannehill one. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the Chiefs' uh, secondary does. I'm hoping for a Honey Badger uh, big game. He's played great, so that's what we're rooting for. Uh, so we're wrapping up. That's all we have on this episode of No Degree Necessary. Hope you enjoyed. We obviously enjoyed making it. Um, we're wrapping up NFL, man. We got... Obviously, this week, previewing the Super Bowl. And then um, after that, there's no more NFL after the Super Bowl. So we're going to be moving to NBA and uh, fun stuff here and there. So hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll hope you enjoy the ones that come as well. So that's all we have for you on this episode of No Degree Necessary, and I hope you have a good day.